Is this the end of Aaron O'Toole's time as leader of the Conservative Party of Canada? It's looking that way. I spoke to MPs who said that he needs to step down gracefully to save the party. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. We have a lot to get to today. You probably saw the story of 35 MPs who have signed a letter demanding a leadership review, demanding a vote in the Conservative Caucus meeting on Wednesday to determine the fate of leader Aaron O'Toole and whether or not he will remain as leader. We're going to get to it all today. But I want to start by just asking a simple question. Where has Aaron O'Toole been? Where was he all of last week and all weekend during this trucker convoy? We saw this beautiful, amazing moment in our country where so many people united behind these truckers, where, where the simple message of just saying, we want our country back, we want our freedom back, resonated with so many people. We saw people coming out in droves on the side of freeways to cheer on these truckers. We saw a huge rally in Ottawa, completely peaceful, no injuries, no arrests, a huge, remarkable success despite the very best efforts of the media, of the Liberal Party, of all of those out there trying to smear these working class truckers and say that there's something as that they're not. That all failed. That all fell flat. We have this beautiful moment of unity. It really feels like the country is starting to change, that we've, we've come around a corner and that we can finally see light at the end of the tunnel. This is all a great news story. And it was an opportunity for Aaron O'Toole. Remember that when Aaron O'Toole became leader of the party, one of the messages that he had that I, that I liked was that he didn't shy away from comparisons with Donald Trump. He, he, he said, obviously, he's different than Trump and he has different rhetoric and, and a different approach. However, the things that Trump did to capture the imagination of the working class, to woo voters who had previously voted for the Democrats in the U.S., O'Toole wanted a similar strategy. He, he put out a plea to union workers, to people who worked in steel mills, to people who worked in manufacturing, and he asked for their support. He wanted to court blue-collar workers into the party. Well, what better opportunity for Aaron O'Toole when... Thousands of them, tens of thousands of them show up on his doorstep, show up on the lawns of the House of Commons, of Parliament, demanding their freedom. Freedom is supposed to be a core message for the Conservative Party. That is core in their beliefs. So you have these workers that Aaron O'Toole has said that he wants to court showing up on his lawn. We have their message being completely in sync and in unison with the message of the Conservative Party. Less government, limited government, more individual responsibility, more freedom. That is what they want. It was the perfect opportunity for Aaron O'Toole. And yet O'Toole completely passed it up. He didn't know what position he wanted to take. He had that pathetic exchange last week where he couldn't answer questions from the parliamentary press gallery about whether he was going to meet with the organizers, whether he uh, was going to be part of this rally. He, he just kind of stepped away from it. He had a very meek response. It was hard to say whether he was in support of it or not. And so, so you have O'Toole sort of publicly faltering over this. And meanwhile, we saw more and more MPs stepping up and saying that, no, no, we, we support the truckers. These are our people and we support their message. We support the work that they do. And we agree with freedom. We agree with ending the mandates. So you have this awkward situation where O'Toole is not taking a very strong position. His own deputy leader, Candace Bergen, was taking a strong position. You have Pierre Polyev, who's emerged as the star of the party. And he is out there fearlessly and passionately defending these truckers. He's at the rally. He's meeting with people. People. He's, he's dispelling the awful rumors and lies and slurs that the media was putting out there, showing how diverse and how united and how positive and how happy these protesters were. And, and, and yet the leader of the party himself 
was just nowhere to be found. My colleague Andrew Lawton reported that the organizer of the convoy and the organizer of the GoFundMe account said that she hadn't heard anything from Aaron O'Toole, that her, uh, his office hadn't reached out to her at all. So, so there was no attempt from O'Toole to reach out to the truckers, to try to connect with them, to try to say, hey, I want blue collar people in my party. Let me try to understand what your grievances are. Let's have a conversation. Let me try to represent you. Instead, he, he was nowhere to be found, completely disappeared, and this continued on Monday. So Monday was another opportunity. He missed the opportunity last week to get on board with the convoy as it was picking up steam, as it was coming across the country, and more and more people, including really high pro most high-profile people in the world, Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, all threw their support behind the trucker rally. Even Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. both did as well. O'Toole missed that opportunity. He missed the opportunity on the weekend to be seen at the rally, to go and talk to people as more and more and more of his MPs were there. O'Toole was just simply not there. And then on Monday, he had another opportunity, a third opportunity when it came to the trucker convoy to, again, just defend the truckers, say that the things that the media are saying, the things that the liberals are saying about the truckers are malicious lies and that he will always be there to defend blue collar workers and the working class. Instead, he didn't do that. He let his colleagues, Pierre Polyev and Candace Bergen, they were the ones in the House of Commons passionately defending these truckers. Here is Candace Bergen. Here's what that looked like. We all condemn hateful and destructive acts by a few at any protest, whether it's beheading the statue of Queen Victoria in Manitoba, tearing down the statue of Sir John A. in Montreal, or putting flags on Terry Fox, whether it's burning churches, whether it's wearing blackface, whether it's Hezbollah, And here is Pierre Polyev again doing the things that the leader of the party should have been doing. Well, the problem is they've, no, they've shown no respect for the people. This country right now is like a raw nerve and the prime minister is jumping up and down on it again and again with his inflammatory record, rhetoric. We're talking about people who have 14-year-old kids that are suicidal after two years of lockdowns. I just spoke to a waitress whose business was wiped out by lockdowns. I'm talking to, to truckers who've been, who've been serving food on our, our plates throughout this, and these are the very people, honest, hardworking, sure-off-your-back type of people that this prime minister keeps attacking. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, I was out at an overpass as the truckers went by, and what I saw were cheerful, patriotic, optimistic Canadians who want their freedom back and want their livelihoods back. And they're standing up for their fellow Canadians, the 60% of families who fear they can't feed themselves. The 28-year-old kid living in mom's basement because he can't afford a home. The small businessman wiped out by endless lockdowns by incompetent politicians. These are the people that are standing up and fighting for their livelihoods and their freedom. Why won't the government finally stand with them? The worst, the worst thing that happened on Monday was not anything to do with Aaron O'Toole. It was when our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, came out and said that he was disgusted by the truckers, repeated every single slur and lie that the media had been peddling about the truckers, and basically just saying that he refused to talk to anybody that didn't have the same opinion of him. So here is what our despicable, loathsome, angry, hateful, deranged prime minister had to say about the good truckers of this country. Hate can never be the answer. Over the past few days, Canadians were shocked and, frankly, disgusted 
by the behavior displayed by some people protesting in our nation's capital. And here is him saying that the people at the rally are wearing tinfoil hats. The concerns uh, expressed by uh, a few people uh, gathered in Ottawa right now uh, are not new, not surprising, are heard, but are a continuation of uh, what we've unfortunately seen uh, in uh, disinformation and misinformation online, conspiracy theorists uh, about microchips, about you know, God knows what else that go with the tinfoil hats. Speaking of tinfoil hats, I showed this on the podcast yesterday. One of Justin Trudeau's state broadcast journalists, someone over at the CBC, actually asked a minister in Trudeau government whether the Russians were the ones that were organizing this whole trucker rally. Talk about tinfoil hats, Justin Trudeau. Uh, it's, it's so absurd, the kinds of ad hominem attacks that he just throws out at his enemies. And this is, this is the one that really irked me. I think this really upset a lot of Canadians because he was asked why he's not meeting with the trucker convoy after he met with other protests, including protests that had very radical elements like Black Lives Matter. He was willing to go to those rallies. He was willing to meet with the organizers of those rallies, even though they were fringe in the demands, actually fringe. The, the trucker convoy was mainstream. It represents the mainstream view of Canadians that was established. 54% of Canadians said that they want the mandates gone, that they want people to individually deal with COVID, that they want the COVID pandemic to be over. So it's not fringe to be part of the trucker convoy. What, what is fringe is Black Lives Matter who wants to defund the police. Justin Trudeau met with them and he said that the reason that he met with Black Lives Matter but won't meet with the truckers is because he agrees with Black Lives Matter. Here's what that looked like. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect, uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers and, quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe. So Justin Trudeau says he only meets with groups that he agrees with. Well, meanwhile, he only received 32% of the popular vote in the last election. That is the slimmest share of the overall election support in Canadian history, 32.2%, which means that 67.8% of Canadians who voted did not vote for him. So so if you're part of the two thirds of the country who vote that didn't that didn't vote for Trudeau, he won't even bother meeting with you because you don't share his radical woke left wing ideology. Again, all this does is set the stage for what Aaron O'Toole could have done. Aaron O'Toole still had the opportunity to save everything, to step up and say, Justin Trudeau, how dare you? How dare you malign these, these workers, these truckers, the backbone of our economy, the ones who have sacrificed so much to make sure that Canadians continue to get the supply chain, continue to get the food and the goods that they need. He could have come out so strong and condemned Trudeau and stood up for the truckers and stood up for the working man and, and, and redeemed himself in the eyes of so many conservatives. So what was O'Toole's response? Did he come out swinging? Well, my colleague Andrew Lawton had some advice for him. This is what he tweeted. Justin Trudeau has given Aaron O'Toole a gift. The convoy has motivated and inspired people all over the country, far beyond conservative political circles. Yet Trudeau wants to demonize them all. O'Toole needs to hold a press conference on the flatbed in front of center block. That's right. That's correct. That's what he should have done. He should have wrapped himself up in the Canadian flag, stood shoulder to shoulder with these truckers and said to Justin Trudeau, we demand something different. But instead, 
he, 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 I, I, I tweeted back to Andrew just in jest, but he won't, right? He won't. He won't do that. O'Toole will not show solidarity. He will not stand with the truckers. Instead, he, what did he do? He put out a seven-minute Facebook video where he just didn't really say anything. In typical fashion, he just sort of repeated his own lines that he's comfortable with. He didn't make a passionate defense. He didn't call out Justin Trudeau for the despicableness of the statement that he put out. And again, he just showed that he doesn't really have it in him to defend conservative principles and values. He doesn't really have it in him to fight against Justin Trudeau. And so I think at this point to me and to many people out there, the writing was sort of on the wall. Like this guy is just falling flat in every single way possible. I wasn't surprised. I I didn't know this was coming. I wasn't I wasn't surprised though when I saw the news on Monday evening. This came out after dinner around 7:30 p.m. This news dropped from the Globe and Mail. O'Toole faces a caucus revolt as 35 MPs sign a letter calling for leadership review vote. The letter was sent to caucus chair Scott Reed on Monday. It's based on the Reform Act that the Conservative MPs adopted a few months ago, and this means that it requires a leadership review by Conservative MPs as as early as Wednesday's regular caucus meeting. And at that meeting, if more than 50% of caucus votes against Aaron O'Toole, he will have to step down immediately. It is a secret ballot vote, so anything could happen. And there is a lot of speculation already. I heard from a conservative source that there are 63 MPs who are planning to vote against Aaron O'Toole, 63. There are only 119 caucus members, so that's more than half of caucus. If that's the case, if that's accurate, then O'Toole is finished and he will be he will be removed as leader of the party on Wednesday. That's speculation at this point because, of course, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what each individual individual MP will choose to do on Wednesday if that's when the vote happens, which I'm hearing from MPs. It is. We won't know till Wednesday, but that is the direction that things are going. And so at the same time as this Globe and Mail piece came out, Alberta Conservative MP Bob Benson issued his own statement openly calling for a caucus review of Aaron O'Toole. And he admits that he was one of the 35 MPs who signed the letter. The, the, the 35 MPs, by the way, is not public. We don't know who those MPs are unless those MPs themselves choose to come forward. And for best I can tell, we have two MPs who have publicly stepped forward saying that they are on that list. And those MPs are Bob Benzin and Garnett Jenis, who's an MP up near Edmonton. Okay, so back to Benzin's letter. He writes this. As one of only seven sitting MPs to endorse Mr. O'Toole in both the 2017 and 2020 leadership contests, this decision did not come lightly. Mr. O'Toole campaigned in the leadership as a principled conservative voice that would unite the party. However, since Mr. O'Toole assumed the position of leader, there have been numerous instances of flip-flops and questionable judgment on Mr. O'Toole's part, including, and then he names a bunch of examples, including the de facto carbon tax policy, pressuring MPs to support the entirety of the 2021 election platform, his failure to stand up against Bill 96 in Quebec to protest the rights of English-speaking minority in Quebec, and finally, a failure to clearly stand up for the Charter of Rights and Freedoms for Canadians during the pandemic. So pretty pretty devastating stuff there from someone who publicly supported Aaron O'Toole twice. That's got to hurt. And so what we saw online very, very quickly after this came out was spin. The spin, the, the pushing of information from Aaron O'Toole's office, you can tell that they are getting desperate at this point because the stuff that they're putting out is truly damaging to the Conservative Party. They're basically taking a scorched earth approach. Like if you're going to take Aaron O'Toole down, we are going to destroy the party on the way out. This is what I'm talking about. So Alex Boudelier over at Global News tweeted the following senior conservative source just now. This is the conversion crew at work. 
They got all ignited after the vote in December on conversion therapy. The far right of the party is not happy with the leader over it. So again, trying to very simplify this and say that this all stems back to this idiotic vote on conversion therapy, that the conversion therapy idea, the liberals being the liberals, they created this wedge issue. They named their bill the conversion therapy bill, the, the act to and conversion therapy. But this wasn't about conversion therapy. This wasn't about the idea of sending gay people to therapy to try to convert them to being straight. That that that, that doesn't really happen in Canada. And in the small cases where it does happen, all the parties agree that that should be banned, that that shouldn't be something that we do in Canada. I had Dr. Deborah So on my podcast in December, and she talked about how the idea of conversion therapy is cruel because uh, being gay is something that you're born with. It's not something that you have any choice on. However, the conversion therapy wasn't just about that. Right, it was about gender identity as well. So, somebody who's struggling from gender dysphoria, someone who is not sure whether they are a woman or a man, whether their gender is male or female. Dr. Deborah Sos said it's incredibly dangerous to ban therapy for those people because they need therapy. They're confused and they need to have support before they make a life altering decision like having having surgery or trying to change their gender. And so this bill basically just has like a, a chilling effect on free speech. This is all a digression. The point is that the media and the liberals tried to lie about what the conversion therapy bill did. The conservatives, some conservatives tried to stand up against it. Ultimately, Aaron O'Toole just said, no, we want this issue to go away, so we're going to kill it. Now Aaron O'Toole and his office are trying to resurrect it, to try to paint the, the 35 MPs who are opposing him as supporting this movement. This is so bad for the party. This is so toxic because you're conceding to a liberal lie about the conservative party, which is never a good idea. And you're using the liberal lie to paint half of the conservative party as being extreme and fringe and anti-gay, anti-rights, and part of the far right. The, this is it's just not going to end well at all. And if this is the approach that Aaron O'Toole wants to take, he does not deserve to be leader of this party. And if, if, if he remains leader of the party, I think that he's going to have just a huge free fall in support even more because so many people are, are going to be rightly angry about this. It wasn't just Global News that was receiving this spin. Travis Danraj of the CBC also tweeted the following. He said, senior conservative party source close to Aaron O'Toole camp says move to oust leader stems from the conversion therapy vote and the far right of the party is angry with the leader because he stood up for LGBTQ plus rights, Canadian politics. He goes on to say, source claims MP Garnet Jenis is spearheading the coup because he was in Latvia when we gave unanimous consent to make conversion therapy illegal. So this was all started by the group that are internally referred to as the conversion crew. They're driving this. Again, no good can come from this kind of mudslinging within the party. And the fact that it is being initiated by the so-called leader just shows a total lack of leadership. Garnet Jenis rightly pushes back. And I think Garnet is a very diplomatic person. He is very, very polite. He's definitely not one to publicly air his grievances in a typical way, but I think he's reached his limit and you can see that. So he posted the following in response to these media allegations. He said, very sad to see Aaron O'Toole launching more false personal attacks against members of his own team. Statement below. And then his statement says, efforts by Aaron O'Toole's communication team to personally smear me by misstating my position on conversion therapy are beyond the pale. This is the kind of division that is tearing our party and it must come to an end. We need leadership that unites instead of divides. I did sign the letter, but I was not the organizer of the letter. Mr. O'Toole should recognize that his position is untenable rather than using lies to publicly attack members of his own team. Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. Calling the leader of your party a liar and publicly accusing him of lying 
lying about you, it's really, really hard to see how Aaron O'Toole could possibly come back from this. This is this kind of infighting, this kind of open infighting in the Conservative Party. It's 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 hard to come back from as a leader. It's, it's disappointing to see, but I think it is necessary for the Conservative Party to work through the issues that they're having and hopefully resolve them. So Aaron O'Toole himself releases a statement Monday night, letting us know that he is not going anywhere. So this is how he tries to paint the situation. This is this is pretty remarkable. So he says this. There are two roads open to the Conservative Party of Canada. One is the road of Randy Hillier and Derek Sloan. It is angry, negative, and extreme. It's a dead end. One that would see the Party of Confederation become the NDP of the right. I'm just going to pause right here because a couple of quick points. First of all, Randy Hillier and Derek Sloan are not part of the Conservative Party of Canada. Randy Hillier is a provincial politician who used to be part of the PCs and now he's out on his own. Derek Sloan is not part of the Conservative Party. Aaron O'Toole kicked him out and he's off on his own. He's no longer a member of Parliament. So it's sort of weird to paint this dichotomy saying that these two individuals who are not part of the party are one part of the party. That's just not the case. Second, here, here he says that that part of the party is angry, negative, and extreme. That is the exact stereotype that the legacy media and Justin Trudeau and the liberals want you to believe about the conservatives. That's what they want you to believe about the working class people of this country and about the conservative base. So why would Aaron O'Toole buy into that? Why would he repeat that? Why would he give that credence? It's not true. And having the leader of the party say it is true is really, really damaging. Okay, here I'll re continue from a statement. He says... The other road is to better reflect the Canada of 2022, to recognize that conservatism is organic, not static, and that a winning message is one of inclusion, optimism, ideas, and hope. No, no, no disagreement from me there. I would just argue that that is not what Aaron O'Toole is doing here. I'll continue. There is a report tonight of members of the Conservative Caucus who are unsure of what road to take. They are, it said, bringing a letter to caucus to trigger a vote on my leadership of the party. Good. I'm not going anywhere and I'm not turning back. Canada needs us to be united and serious. It's time for reckoning. Time to settle this in caucus. Right here, right now, once and for all. Anger versus optimism. That is a choice in simple terms. So he's really simplifying this and saying if you're with me, it's because you're optimistic. If you're with them, it's because you're angry. That is so divisive again. And this is so Justin Trudeau. It's just really interesting, this strategy that he's taking. He finally, he says, I will accept the results of the vote. The signers of this letter must accept it too. They brought it. They'll have to live with it. Rebecca and I, Rebecca's his wife, Rebecca and I are committed to our party and conservatism in Canada. We look forward to continuing that journey. So that sounds like a pretty confident Aaron O'Toole to me. It sounds like he believes that he has support of his caucus, that he has the numbers, that this is just a bump along the road and that he is going to continue down the path that he is going to continue down. It's interesting because the most passionate that Aaron O'Toole ever becomes is about the direction that he wants to take the Conservative Party. He doesn't really get passionate about individual issues. He doesn't really get passionate about defending conservative principles and values or about the future of Canada. The thing that he gets the most passionate about is his own leadership, is, is his own willingness to fight to defend his job, basically, to, to, to remain leader of the party. That's the thing that you see him really get passionate and worked up about. Now, I want to talk about an exclusive report I have over at TNC. I basically spent the entire morning on Tuesday talking to as many conservatives who would talk to me, talking to conservative MPs, insiders, people who work for MPs, people who used to work in the Harper government, trying to really get my finger on the pulse of what is happening with the party, why this letter came out. And I was successfully able to talk to 
nine high-level sources, including three current members of parliament. And I put together this exclusive report over at True North. I want you to go check that out. It says, we need to remove him to save our party. That's a quote from a conservative MP. They say he needs to step down gracefully. So I have a lot of really interesting quotes in here, really passionate stuff about why this came to fruition, why the letter came out now, what led to it, what the complaints are, who, who's behind it and who isn't, debunking some of the myths that are already being put out by the media. So I encourage you to head on over to tnc.news and check that out. I'm not going to go through and read my entire report on the show because I think it's better if you go and check it out and read it yourself. I will say that the, this initiative, the 35 MPs that came together to sign the letter, I spoke to the person who spearheaded it, the organizer of this letter. Well, he, he says that he was one of several, but, he, but he's sort of the main person who was driving this. And he said that this came together really quickly, that there was uh, some kind of a rumor that Aaron O'Toole was going to demand that MPs stand publicly and show their loyalty to him. And they were concerned about that. And so they worked over the weekend, like within within one weekend, they found 30% of caucus, 35 MPs who were willing to sign this letter. And people are just saying enough is enough. This isn't necessarily about the direction that O'Toole is taking the party in. It's about trust. It's about integrity. It's about the fact that he flip flops, that he's not consistent, that we don't really know where he stands. And from what I'm told, the 35 MPs come from a broad range of the party. It's not just the SOCONs, it's not just the hardcore conservative guys, that it's people who used to support Aaron O'Toole, people who supported him, like Bob Benzin, who were who were behind him in both 2017 and 2020, people who just don't like his leadership style, don't like the way, for instance, he treated Shannon Stubbs or uh, Senator Denise Batters, people who were just opposed to his style and his lack of conviction. And so, again, worthwhile. Go check that out over at tnc.news. Look, it's clear at this point that the Conservative Party of Canada needs to be led by somebody who has the courage and the conviction to articulate and defend conservative values and conservative principles. We saw that so much this weekend, how much leadership is missing in Canada and how much we need a voice to defend common sense and basic principles and values like freedom in this country. Aaron O'Toole is clearly not up to the task, and it appears that he wants to burn his party to the ground rather than facing the facts and facing the consequences of the way that he has run the party over the past two years. This is going to be an ugly week for conservatives, but hopefully by the end of the week, they will emerge stronger and more united, and hopefully soon with a leader who actually likes the party, likes the base, and believes in conservative principles and values. I'm Kenneth Malcolm, and this is The Kenneth Malcolm Show.